0: Welcome back to the Inspired Wild podcast. This is going to be part two of the New Mexico Barbary sheep hunt, and uh, you'll probably hear the road noise in the background. We wanted to do a uh, a conclusion to the hunt. Want to wrap that up? Um, yeah, things got a little a little exciting.
1: So yeah,
0: yeah those, so we'll we'll pick up from uh, the morning of day three which would have been sunday morning we wanted to do this podcast uh, on site but we just need to hit the road and come back so apologize for the road noise we'll uh we'll try to edit some of that out but you're probably going to hear that in the background as we're rolling i mean right now we so we left camp uh we packed up early this morning today's tuesday and uh, we're heading back to denver right now we're like halfway through just crossed through trinidad and uh heading back home but we've got a lot of stuff that happened those last two days of the hunt so we're going to recap that and uh, we'll let Saki drive here for a while and (laughs) put on some miles and keep heading home but uh, I think where we left off at the end of part one was the very beginning of day three which had been Sunday morning we found the same sheep that we had left the night before after Asaki uh, had missed uh, a chance at one of those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, we found them literally the exact
1: same spot. That yeah, they had- I think the only thing that they had done, they had gone a little higher up into the cliffs. So we had spotted them there at one of the lower, like, uh, little bands of grass that split the cliffs. And I think when we spotted them the next morning, they had just kind of worked slightly higher. But yeah, within, I mean probably within a few hundred yards of where we had yeah. left them which was awesome because first you know first thing in the morning we didn't know how it was going to play out on day three mm-hmm. um how far they were going to move that night i mean we watched them up until we had no light basically so it was nice to be able to keep an eye on them and i mean just from previous experiences i i was hoping that they are going to be in the same area that they tend to be mm-hmm. you know whenever you put them to bed they it doesn't seem like they move around too much so we put them to bed and, and woke up, and sure enough, they were they were almost in the same exact spot. so
0: Which is so unlike Mule Deer, Elk, most oh, yeah. other western big game, where if you take a shot at one and miss, they are, I mean, you're basically moving camp. Right, <laughs> right. Find, and these are in the exact same spot that we left them the
1: night before, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, they had, uh, I mean, we'd kind of pushed them back because they were entering a big canyon, and when I took that shot, um just pushed them a little further north into some some pretty inaccessible country and and that's where we spotted them that night that night of day two and Mm -hmm. watched them and then uh came back the next morning and obviously that's kind of their their safety net i mean that's where they felt
0: oh for sure
1: you know the most secure and sure enough they just stayed right there and, and you and
0: i were talking about their location being accessible the lower band of grass We thought we probably could get to, yeah, if we needed to, but the band of grass that they were on, which was you know four or five feet wide at most, and what, 200 feet above the base of the cliff,
1: yeah, yeah, was in a pretty
0: gnarly spot. We're not getting there. Like literally, we are not going to access that. I mean, there's there's a reason that they were there.
1: Yeah, as much as it it was funny because as the morning went on, we watched them for hours. I mean, we were sitting there watching them, and uh, that morning we're. You know we're watching them and they're just kind of bedded and and feeding around i mean they milled around in the same party you know 100 or Mm -hmm. 100 yard like stretch of this grass for hours and it was kind of frustrating because we're sitting there watching them and i mean we very easily could have gotten there and gotten within that rifle range and cracked off a shot and you know most likely would have been able to knock one down but Mm -hmm. i mean getting to it to retrieve it was the hard part that was what really held us up yeah yeah, you, as much as we'd sat there and him and Hod, and I was like, well, maybe I can climb up that side or maybe I can climb up this side or, you know, we won't really know until we get up there. And, you right. know, we were kind of going back and forth trying to figure it out because, um, I mean, obviously that was our best chance at, at any sheep, at, you know, up until mm-hmm. this point. So we're, we're trying to figure out a good game plan. And, I mean, they ultimately we just didn't feel like we could get to them. No. And I think you and I were both
0: glassing laterally along that band like mm-hmm. taking a pretty good look at that yeah. to say <laughs> yeah you know a couple hundred yards each direction to say can can we cross through that if we mm-hmm. absolutely needed to and the, man there were some sketchy spots the, at least yeah, from definitely. what we could tell where there's maybe it, it's wide enough for like one or two plants to grow and there's you know fairly good rocks in there and I don't. that seemed just super sketchy yeah to try to get
1: through there and those sheep make it look like it's so easy i mean <laughs> they're running mm-hmm. back and forth you know the lambs are, are hopping and and you know running in circles on those on you know that little stretch of grass and it makes you think like well maybe i can you know maybe i can get enough footing to to you know traverse it to get to where i would knock one down and i mean ultimately we just I mean we just didn't feel like we'd be able to get to it we'd, we'd probably be able to get a shot off and you know yeah. be able to to knock one down, but to retrieve it off that mountain yeah. was and if you to be a task if you i mean you could obviously get a shot at them I think
0: they were well within range yeah uh, and the approach would allow for a shot if they tumble um, there's not much salvageable <laughs> when they finally
1: stop rolling at the bottom yeah from that band that little stretch that they were on um I mean if we would have knocked one down and it would have fell off that I mean it would have it would have gone for for a ways yeah and then everything at the bottom of course you know of course it's just kind of it's all rock and boulders and depending on what it hit I mean yeah it would have been it would have been pretty bad as far as trying to retrieve or or salvage any any meat or anything off the animal um, and it just wasn't really a a risk that we we felt like we should take
0: While we were sitting there glassing, I mean, obviously you have a lot of time to just think about things. Were you thinking about the shot that you took the day before? Or are you kind of replaying that through your head? Oh, yeah, or, like,
1: I mean. Where's your head at at this point? So, I mean, w- when we kind of left it off, I'd taken that shot, and I ended up hitting high right on it. And, I mean, I I didn't want to make a lot of excuses. I mean, it, I felt like it was it was definitely, you know it most likely was something that i i calculated wrong in my head and and uh i was like well maybe you know maybe i just added that wrong and mm-hmm. i i thought too much about it like we spoke yesterday or on that last podcast i i felt calm during the shot i was you know going through everything in my head i double checked my drop chart i checked my turret i made sure everything was in line and i felt steady at the shot and and it just didn't add up it didn't add up to a you know a down sheep and so going through it i mean like i said the shot felt good everything like i didn't flinch i didn't jerk the trigger um i wasn't jumping around a lot as far as the crosshairs it was pretty stable on you know in that pocket of the shoulder um and i mean like i mentioned i, I tried to, to high shoulder shot it because with the terrain that these sheep are in it's not like i want to chase chase one around so yeah. yeah i i tried to you know knock out both shoulders so that way i hit them you know i can anchor them where they're at and hopefully get to them without having to, to chase them around too much. So with that, you're going to aim, you know, towards their upper part of that chest and, and uh, of course, if you kind of calculate your elevation a little too high, you're going to sail right over them. Um, so going through all of that in my mind, I'm just kind of, I'm trying to, you know, get a realistic look at it and, and kind of pull myself out of it and look at it like from a third person view and like, all right, well, what could I have done better or what did I change? Or, mm-hmm. you know, what did I mess up? and like I said my as far as my execution I felt good on it but I think there was a couple of factors that I didn't quite weigh into uh, into the you know the the problem that you know it ultimately ended up costing me that sheep and and I just kind of took it as a learning experience and I was like all right well if I get another chance I'll I'll try to remember that and and you know play it by ear and I mean I wasn't going to after that shot I was like all right well you know, I'm definitely gonna try to get a shot at you know as I, I the next shot I definitely want in my core like my yeah. my comfortable range yeah. like um, you know that had that had stretched me out a little bit like I like I mentioned I' I'd practiced that far and I had shot at that far several times and um, I felt you know I felt pretty good taking the shot but obviously it didn't you know there's a lot more factors when you're out there in the mountains that come into play that sometimes you don't think about and you know that's that's a lesson that you kind of learn it when you're you're out and you're trying to put it into form out in the field and um, that's definitely going to be a, a learning experience that i'll need to take a step back and or, you know think about all right well how can i practice this you know back at home how can i set up this type of scenario and and play through it in my head and how mm-hmm. can i get it figured out to where i can do this again and and set up that type of scenario and actually practice it and get better
0: and there's such a difference between putting a gun on a rest on a bench and shooting out and stretching those distances and then shooting those distances in different positions with for, wind yeah. with different terrain you know oh for sure you're for not sure. like prone on a blanket or on a bench now you're you're laying and I, I do remember when you took that shot I looked over and like right above your belt there's this huge prickly pear <laughs> cactus like stuck to your side yeah like, right I just kind of dove you, down like rolled in and broke off and i mean you just have all these other elements that yeah. come in that affect how things are going to shake out and right um,
1: exactly and it's i mean it was one of those things where um you know i was probably you know a little a little overconfident i was like well you know when i practice at home i I'll do it with a sandbag, but it's, it's kind of, you know, a very similar situation yeah. where I'll, you know, either use my pack or, you know, with a, a rear sandbag rest or something similar. And I try to set it up to, to be as realistic as possible, mm-hmm. but you, you can't always take, you know, every factor into consideration. it's always going to be a, you know, it's always rapidly evolving when you're out hunting and you can try to do something. And then, I mean, one little thing can change or yeah. you can overthink yeah. one thing and it throws everything off.
0: I get the sense and correct me if I'm wrong, because you've obviously, I mean, you've you've killed a couple of sheep up here. You've been in this country a ton more than I have, but for a guy that's going to come out or a girl that's going to come out and, and hunt this area, uh, incline and decline shots are probably the norm. Yeah. Would you say? Yeah. And it's, it's and it's more than I guess I'm used to for incline that the steepness of incline or declines more than I'm used to Yeah. in the mountains of Colorado. Like sometimes you're in these cliffs and, uh, it's very very
1: steep yeah yeah i mean it's not it's not going to be uncommon for you to be shooting i mean at a pretty extreme angle whether it's going up or down Mm -hmm. um depending on you know whether you work at them from the top or from the bottom and where you find them um and that's it is it's super hard to practice um i know that there's a couple shooting schools that can set you up for that and Mm -hmm. that might be something that i look at too or look into because i mean of course i got I'm always trying to get better, and I would like to look at that to to see you know what I can do, what type of techniques I can I can try to hone in on and and polish so that way, you know, when I'm put in that type of situation again, I can I can at least you know have a lot more knowledge yeah to play off to 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 capitalize on it. But Mm -hmm. yeah, that's something that you definitely need to consider is that when you come out to this terrain, I mean you're you are you're going to be shooting at some pretty steep angles. in some pretty tricky spots to to at least get an opportunity because if you're if you're not prepared to do or to handle those types of shots i mean you may you may never get an opportunity because if uh, if you haven't practiced it and you haven't thought about it and and uh you know you don't come out here prepared to to actually take those types of shots or if you didn't even think about it coming in um you can be caught off guard because mm-hmm. i mean yeah you're definitely going to have some some opportunities and some tricky spots and that might be your only your only opportunity for the whole lot.
0: Right. So Saturday, I keep saying Saturday, it's Sunday or day three. Then. Day Sunday. three, yeah, Sunday. Uh, that was just a lot of time sitting in one chair <laughs> behind yeah. one set of, you know, binoculars and looking basically at the same spot the entire time. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we kept an eye on these sheep um, basically hoping that they would get to a position where we can feasibly go and retrieve one mm-hmm. um
0: and we, we didn't we we discussed the option of maybe peeling away from these sheep and trying to go find more but he, this, that just didn't seem like that was the highest percentage play like yeah why, why leave sheep to find sheep right yeah That's kind exactly of the, the mantra of the
1: day <laughs> yeah it yeah we watched them i mean we basically watched them all day and i mean several times we were like well should we waste our whole time just watching these sheep or yeah. or should we go try to find some other ones which we i mean we very well could have gone and you know hit a couple of other canyons and or seen some of the other bluffs and found them but i mean i'm under that that uh, that belief system where you know you're not going to leave an animal that you'd be willing to take just to to go find another one mm-hmm. and the fact that we had you know several sheep there in front of us i was i was you know i was just hoping that they would drop into a position where we can get to them and that's all we, that's all we needed really so we needed them to make a mistake and we we're going to be a little patient and and wait for them to make that mistake and
0: yep. hopefully they would and and, you, and you're hoping for them to either move up an elevation to the top where we could approach them from the top or move down a band in which case they'd be accessible from the bottom. And we just needed to know yeah. what
1: direction they were going to travel. Exactly. We didn't need to know yeah. uh, which route to take. Because either, either one is going to be, you know, it would take several hours to execute. And so whether we tried to go to, from the top or from the bottom, it's, it's not something that we can, you know, execute quickly. We'd have to either back out, go all the way around, come from the top, make a play on them, or you know make a move up the up from the bottom, and which would also take several hours to get all the way up there mm-hmm. to a, a shooting position. So that that was our big that was our big dilemma for the day.
0: So after a couple hours of staring through the glass, uh, eating a lot of snacks, <laughs> drinking a lot of a lot of water, a lot of mountain ops, uh, a lot of checking the phone just to kind of give your eyes a break from staring through through optics the whole time. Uh, there was a group of them that did finally get up and they started being a little bit more mobile. Yeah, right? just using lambs, wasn't it? Yeah, there was like
1: three or four ewes, and then they had. I mean, they had quite a few lambs. There's probably like five or six lambs. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had a. There was a few adults. And then uh, they must have just been dropping all their lambs because they were, I mean, they're probably about the size of a chihuahua, like a puppy. Yeah, tiny, tiny. Small, and there was a lot of them, and they were just, they were running around. I mean, it was like a nursery. So it was cool to watch. Um, Kept an eye on them, and they had started moving um, at a pretty good pace. Um, They started moving around, started working back south, kind of where I had taken a shot at them. And uh, that kind of at least got me a little stir crazy because I was like, all right, well, you know, if something's going to happen, it's going to happen quickly. Right. We're trying to to salvage something out of the day. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, we had sat there all day and I mean, uh, yeah, I was just trying to figure out if, if it would be worth it for me even to, Mm -hmm. to make my way that way or just sit back and keep an eye on them. And ultimately I was like, well, I'll, I I was getting stir crazy. So I was like, well, I'll take a hike. I'm going to take a hike in their direction. And depending on where they move, um, you know, maybe I'll have a play or maybe mm-hmm. I'll just, you know, get get a little exercise for the day, hike, you know, hike to the base but and come realistically, back.
0: Realistically in the time it would take you to get from where we were glassing up to a position where you could shoot, which would be at the base of the cliff, you're looking at two and a half hours? Yeah, yeah. Maybe three hours. Two and a half, and three, depending on, on how hard you can push yourself. And they can absolutely disappear oh yeah completely relocate in that amount of time and then you'd be up there and you would just be you'd have no idea yeah thinking where the heck are they and have no yeah so the decision to move and go up in there is um
1: it's not one to take (laughs) lately no no especially if they if they get to a spot where you can't keep an eye on them um yeah you'll have to take that into consideration Mm -hmm. because you can you can start making a move on them and think that they're heading one way and then by the time you get up there if you're able that's and that's a big if if you're able to relocate them um they can be somewhere completely different i mean they can be either all the way to the top or you know just i mean they can completely relocate in that time and if you're not able to watch them or if you don't have any you know any anybody else like a partner watching them you you, you may never know yeah um and you went ahead you were
0: you know one for a hike I yeah. volunteered very easily <laughs> to stay back yeah. and just kind of keep an eye on them at yeah, the same it, time. So it, it, was, it, it wasn't much of a risk to you. I mean, we, we weren't going to lose the
1: track of the sheep. I mean, I could no. stay back. And, and I didn't really go on the hike thinking that I would get a play. Um, it was already a little late. It was kind of – I think it was mid to early afternoon. Right. And I was like, well – You just needed to do something other than yeah, th- sit there
0: for another exactly. four hours. I, I, I had to move. Yeah, I was yeah. like,
1: well – let me just—I'll go ahead this way, be a little productive, so that way if you know, I mean, if sw- things swing our way and they happen to dump down um, and move a little lower, I'd be in a—at mm-hmm. least in a position where I can try to make a play. If not, realistically, I'd probably, I probably—I mean, that probably wouldn't have worked out anyway. I probably would have just backed out. Um, but I mean, you never know how things can play out. Sure, things can take a turn for the good. And I was like, well, I'll, I guess I'll just work that way, and then. I think I told you I was like I'll hike for an hour that way, and depending on how far I can go, I'll, I'll either, you know, check back with you and see what they're doing, or I'll yeah. just come right back. Yeah. And yeah. it was funny because I remember about an hour in, I texted you and I was like, "All right, do you still have eyes on them?" And you'd message me back. They're like, "Yeah, not long after you left, they popped out at the top," right? Because they had they ended up working their way a little further south, and they had kind of disappeared in a little like a cut in the in the cliffs. Yeah. So there's like these these lateral
0: bands. And then, what? Well, how spaced apart are those canyons? I mean, they're two, three hundred yards. Yeah, something like that. And they're just like almost like, um, what do they call them, fissures. Is that the correct term? I don't. Oh, I don't know. You know, it's like huge cracks. <laughs> almost, yeah. it's not really canyons. It's just like cracks. Yeah, just cracks in the and all the cliffs. Yeah, and and those run vertical. Uh, and you and I were glassing them pretty hard to think to see if we could maybe access them can yep. use them as a escalator to get up and down these bands um, and i don't think any of those were navigable maybe maybe
1: you can do it but it would be a ton of work yeah and that was i mean that was kind of the funny thing because we ended up running into a, one of the, the local guys and it was like yeah i've gone up in that thing up and down that thing Dude, a few no, times oh, and I was, like, well, I was like well i was like well that's i mean it was nice to know but it the I mean, like we've said, it's it's totally different once you actually get up there and look at them. Yeah. I mean, you, you you'll typically you'll know once you walk up to them. You're like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe I can, I can traverse that. Um, or, you know, a lot of times you're like, yeah, no, that's not even feasible. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, no, I've, I've shot him from the bottom. I've climbed right up there. Like, I've gotten to retrieve Man, him. I,
0: <laughs> I, I would like to see it. I, yeah. In my mind, I can't, I can't envision that happening. That <laughs> just seems way, way too extreme and way yeah. too risky. Well, I mean, if you you stumble at all in there, or a rock lets loose, or or you slip, you're done. Yeah, you're in a a, tricky situation. You're you're pretty much a goner at that point. Uh, These sheep disappeared into one of those cracks, into one of those little canyons, um, and literally within five minutes, we saw them at the top. Like, that's how quickly they move up. Yeah, they just, I mean, they they climb straight up. You and me well over an hour maybe two hours with climbing equipment to get to the top yeah in five minutes at least they're uh or five minutes max they're at the top of this thing
1: yeah and not just i mean not just the ewes but all the you know the small little lambs and everything they were they got up there without a problem Mm -hmm. and they picked up a bunch
0: more that had already been up there like we followed what five or six total from the bottom and then mm-hmm. when they got to the top they must have joined up with the other ones and now all of a sudden there's like 20 something
1: jumping yeah. around up there. There, there there must have been another group hiding in that little canyon that they had dumped into uh to climb up to the top and uh yeah whenever i finally got back to you and we started looking at them they mm-hmm. had i mean they had doubled in size There was probably like you said around 20 maybe a little more um, and it looks like most of the ones that they had picked up in the canyon were adults because the the lower ones they were majority of them were lambs right um, but once we looked at top they looked like there was a couple maybe a couple small rams they, they looked like they had a bigger body size I mean it could have just been a you know a real mature ewe. but they looked a little bigger in, in body size and bigger horns um, and then just a lot of looked like adults and sub-adult ewes uh, maybe small rams and then quite a few lambs. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, you were watching a pretty in- uh, interesting interaction with them with uh, with the Golden Eagles that are out yeah, here. Yeah, when
0: they got to the top, they would they would get it to a couple of these points where they were fairly exposed. They would almost silhouette themselves. And, uh, oh, look at that guy's tire. Sorry, <laughs> we're just driving down I-25, and <laughs> yeah. we're passing a truck, and the, the dude's front tire is at a huge camber. Yeah, like I'm going to pass off. this guy pretty quick. <laughs> anyway, so these all the sheep were together at this point at the very top and every once in a while i think it was a bald eagle like the the other local we ran into was talking about golden eagles yeah this sure seemed like a bald eagle though it had a, it had a white head and a white tail to it uh, but this i mean we're watching this at what two miles away yeah about two, a, two and a half miles quite a big distance i understand that and as soon as this eagle would circle overhead they would immediately just all clump up together like you know, almost like a vacuum, like suck them right. all together. And like their what, defensive yeah, system. Yeah, <laughs> you see a pot of them together. Like you can't even pick out individuals at that point. They're grouped that tight together. And uh, the local we were talking to later on in the hunt was saying he's seen them. These eagles will fly up and literally just grab the lambs and take off. Yeah. The lambs are that small, the eagles are that big. Yeah. And he said some of the golden eagles up there will just basically ram into a... No pun intended. Ran into <laughs> a U and just force it off the cliff, right? And then go, you know, scavenge it more or less on the bottom. Yeah, which is, I mean,
1: it's pretty insane. I mean, there's, I don't know there's those videos like on YouTube that you can see where eagles doing it to yeah. to sheep and and goats, and um, that's nothing that I've ever witnessed personally. But mm-hmm. I mean it it's it's kind of cool to think about that you know the interaction between these giant birds and these sheep right
0: right i never even thought of that as a potential source of mortality i'm thinking okay their top predators are humans there's mountain lions up there mm-hmm. which take them out uh there's no bears coyotes aren't getting up to that level yeah so it's not on the much cliffs. just hunters and uh you know humans and mountain lions i never even considered <laughs> birds of <a> prey yeah. <laughs> entering into the equation and, and everyone, i mean it makes sense Oh yeah, yeah. It was neat to watch. Like I, I did enjoy that, um, and we watched them for once they got on top. The, you know, I'm assuming the reason they went up top is that's where most of the feed was because it seemed like they fed pretty heavy as yeah. a group when we got there or uh, when we uh, when we left for the evening. Um, we watched them right up until about dark, right. And uh, we were hoping that in the morning we could return, find them. In the exact same spot or very similar, because uh, we would have a chance at that point. We, right. we figured a couple options to make a play the next morning.
1: Yeah, and we had left. We had left a little early. Um, I had some family meet me at the local town, and they drove over. Uh, just with us being so close to my home, uh, a lot of my family still lives down here in Southern New Mexico. So we ended up not staying out till you know sundown. We left about an hour and a half before, and. Uh, that kind of made me a little nervous because, I mean, just how fast they moved. I was like, well, I don't know where they're mm-hmm. going to end up by sundown. I guess we'll see in the morning. Um, so we took off, and we ended up leaving there, I think, like 530, 545. Yep, I so think you're right. pretty early, like I said, about an hour and a half before sundown. Um, and uh, that was kind of it. Like I said, I felt a little nervous that night because I wasn't sure where they were going to move. Once they were up top, I mean, they can cover that that terrain like nothing. I mean, they're not, not, they're not even having to traverse the cliffs anymore. They can mm-hmm. just kind of walk wherever they want. Um, but that kind of ended day three. So it, day three was, I mean, it was exciting to the point that, you know, at least we were watching sheep. We were on them. Um, we were able to keep eyes on them. And that was, I mean, it was fun to watch them because you, you can see the interactions between the ewes and the lambs. Yeah. yeah. The whole group dynamic, which um, you don't really get to watch because you know, a lot of times you're making a move on them and you just try to take a shot. But it was nice to actually sit back and watch them for hours because they're they're in their element. We're you know two two and a half miles away, looking through you know 18 power binos and a spotter, um, and it, it was just really cool to watch. Yeah, um,
0: you get to observe their lifestyle more yeah. or less, which is pretty neat. Yeah, I and agree. it's funny
1: because they, I mean the way that they were moving back and forth it was just completely random I mean they would work to the south a little bit feed bed work back to the north feed bed work back to the south feed bed like there is no rhyme or reason mm-hmm. um, not until and it's funny because they'll sit there and they'll mer- kind of meander back and forth until they make a decision like all right we're going to go somewhere and as soon as they made that decision like they wanted to get to the top they I mean they got to the top yeah. Yeah. like they didn't they didn't waste any time they they I think they finally made their decision like all right well it's time to go we're we're taking off and they got up there in no time. And you just don't know when they're going to make that decision. It was it was kind of funny cuz it was like a, a a switch. So as soon as they decided like all right well it's time to go feed and meet up with mm-hmm. the you know the rest of the family or the rest of the crew and and that's exactly what they did. They knew they knew where their other group was, where they were bedded and walked right up to them, met up with them and then kind of hung out for a while, I guess yeah. for the last little bit that we watched them. So, f- last day, day four,
0: Monday morning, uh, we get back to the exact same spot, exact same position. I think the chairs went in the exact same, Yep, <laughs> parked in spot. the same spot. Uh, and it, you, you glass the top, the very top. I uh, mean, you, you didn't
1: see him No, you, so a little I'd... worried at that point. Yeah, <laughs> so that was the first place I was like, well that's the last place i saw them so that's the first place i'm going to glass so i went back to that cut where they had all popped out um and started glassing kind of north and south from there just trying to pick them apart there at the top um like i said i wasn't sure if they were going to be up top or where they were going to be but i was hoping that you know we'd be able Mm -hmm. to locate them they very easily could have dumped into a different canyon and you know throughout that evening and i mean we wouldn't have seen them at all but Thankfully, I mean, I think like 15 minutes into my glassing session, I turned them up and they were actually in the same exact spot that we'd seen them the previous morning. So they had dropped down, back down into the cliffs in the same exact spot where we watched them all the day, you know, prior back to their safety zone. Yeah. Right back to that safety zone. So we felt, I mean, and it was the same group. It was like three or four ewes and a bunch of lambs. Mm -hmm. Um, So they had split up again. And I remember, me, you know, you and I talking. And we're like, well, I wonder if that other group's back up top, you know, in that little cut. So I think I kept watching the lower ones, and then you turned the spotter up to the top. And sure enough, you spotted – I'm not sure how many you spotted, but you spotted a couple yep. right back in that cut where they had all met up. And uh, so that was kind of comforting to know that they we, – we basically had two plays now. We can uh, – they were several hundred yards apart. Um, one was definitely – accessible from the top so if we would have wanted to come around to, from the top um, we probably could have got to them mm-hmm. and then the other one was still there at the bottom and we basically just started formulating a plan it was you know last day last morning um, these were definitely going to be the last sheep that we we're going to be able to work on just with the amount of time and effort it takes to get in and out of there we I think we both kind of knew like this was this was it basically like this yeah. is this is our chance this is what we've been given that's you know we're gonna have to do our best to make a you know a legitimate play on them.
0: Mm-hmm. If we were gonna go after the ones on the top and approach it from the top, a uh, minimum of four hours. Yeah. Before we're like getting set up on them. Yep. And would, getting into that position.
1: Yeah. It would take a few hour drive and then a, another couple yeah. hour hike.
0: If we approach the ones from the bottom two and a half three hours yeah to get to the bottom and so it's one or the other there's no well if we mess up one we'll just go try the other one i mean that's we we kind of knew that we got one more play and that's it Yep,
1: yeah it was this move and i mean we sat there and kind of you know went over the pros and cons of both of them for a little while Mm -hmm. probably for a good half hour 45 minutes yeah um as we watched these sheep and i mean they just they just kept feeding and and uh I think we finally just made the decision, and I was like, "All right, well, let's just go from the bottom." Um, and I, I tend to be pretty aggressive when it comes to hunting. You know, mm-hmm. I like to to make a move, and I like to move quick. And I've been I've been very successful with with that type of tactic. With you know, with every, I mean, a lot of the different game species that I've chased, I, yeah. I just I just tend to find more success being aggressive. Um, so I was like, "All right, well, let's go from the bottom. That way, we can keep an eye on them." Right. Oh. and before we left uh another vehicle had pulled up yeah and
0: it sounded like he was kind of a local like he knew, you could tell right away that he knew what i mean he knew about the sheep yeah. that we were looking at and we had never seen him in that area
1: yeah so I, I think he was a local he just kind of kept tabs on him yeah it was kind of funny because we were talking to him so he pulls up and of course we're in our, our camo and he's in camo and uh we just start you know small talking and he, he asks us how it's going and you know i walk up to his window and i'm like ah, we've seen a few ewes it's like nothing nothing crazy and uh, i start kind of telling him where where we've been looking and sure mm-hmm. enough he knew right away i mean he's like yeah it's like there's like a dozen ewes and they've been traversing he's like is that the area that you've been looking at so yeah, that's exactly the group. Like that's exactly <laughs> the group like,
0: we're looking at. It kind of broke the ice because at yeah. first or a little. Hesitant, I, was trying to, I was trying to hold my cards close to my yeah, chest. You're like, a little I hesitant. Wanna... And then he pretty much identified exactly what we. Yeah, and, I was like, all right, here he what knows we what we're seen. looking at. Yeah. yeah.
1: So then, like, all right, well, it's no use in trying to disguise yeah, they, it anymore. you can't hide anything anymore. <laughs> so they they kind of
0: open book at that <laughs> point.
1: Yeah, so so we start talking, and I mean, he was a real nice guy, young guy. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he's had a lot of success. Um, so we're talking back and forth and, and he was the one that actually told us, he's like, yeah, he's like, you can actually shoot him right there from the bottom. If you get to right here, he's like, if, and I, I showed him exactly what cut they were in. And, uh, he's like, yeah, he's like, I've actually gotten up there before. He's like, and I can you'll have a three or 400 shot from the bottom and you can shoot them straight up to the top. And depending on how comfortable you are, you can either traverse up that little cut in yeah. the, the cliff yeah. or you can come around from the top and retrieve them from the top. And, um, uh, me because before he drove up we were still kind of debating like all right well we're gonna go from the top we're gonna go to the bottom i was i was leaning more going to towards the top um just because we can get up top um Mm -hmm. try to make a play on the ones that were up there and if they if we couldn't you know get a shot at them right away we're gonna kind of wait them out and hope that they they go out and start feeding again um but after talking to him i was like well i kind of prefer that because we can keep eyes from the bottom we can make our move up and try to knock one down and then we have the rest of the day to retrieve it yeah um so we talked with him for a little while just kind of you know chit-chatting about different things and getting to know each other Mm because i mean growing up um you know he was was a southern new mexico local so we had a lot in common um so it was kind of cool to 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 get to know him and and after talking with him i was like all right well let's do it. Like it kind of made up my mind. It was, it wasn't really a, you know, a debate anymore. I was like, all right, well, let's yeah. go from the bottom. We'll get up there. We'll leave as soon as we can. And, uh, you know, see if we can make it happen.
0: The time that we spent talking to him, 20 minutes, 30 minutes before that, we had kind of been him and hawing about mm-hmm. which way to go. And we had glassed them for a while, yep. trying to give them time to bed down and at least let them stop moving as much. So it's, Oh, what time was it? 9.30? Yeah. Or was it later than that? It was later. By the time we, we actually started walking.
1: When we actually started walking, I think it was a little after 10. Okay. Because um, I, I remember looking at the clock when we were him and Han, we were starting to pack up our stuff when he drove up, and it was around 9.30. And we talked for a little bit, and then we finished packing up. And I remember trying to glass for a little while as well because um, I wanted to pick him up one more time before we, yeah. we took off for the hike.
0: And we had seen... Um, Previous to this other guy uh, showing up, uh, we had seen another truck further down on the road. Yeah. And uh, they had an ATV in the back of their truck, and I had uh, I just climbed on the back of our truck and stood on the cooler and glassed down there real quick to see what it was, and I, I, I could spot a, a lady with um, you know longer hair, and it looked like she had a camo jacket on, but none of us, neither of us really made anything out of that we did we didn't know no, what they were really yeah. up to
1: yeah we didn't think too um, much but they had driven like they had basically beat us by a couple hundred yards and they had gone further down the road and yeah and they were just walking around the truck I, 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 I had no idea what they were doing at this point no no i mean um, yeah they were wearing camo but i mean southern new mexico there's i mean oh yeah, yeah a lot of people go out there and hike and do whatever they want and they do it in camo i mean we weren't sure if they were sheep hunters coyote hunters or what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we'd driven up and we'd kind of see the reflective and, you know, like you said, you, you would glassed them up and they were just kind of, you know, walking around their truck. So we didn't think too much of it. Um, and then, you know, we started making our hike up there and it's hot. Oh, it was hot <laughs> yesterday. Really it hot. got up into the, uh, whenever we got back to the truck, it was 80 degrees. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure how hot it was or how hot it got, but it was at least 80. Um, so we're making our way up there. It's not very windy, which is unusual, again, for for southern New Mexico in March. Usually it's, it's, it's pretty pretty windy. Um, I mean, it's still hot, but typically you have some breezes, and, and it'll cool you off a little bit. But, I mean, it was fairly calm, um, and we made our way up, and it took us, what, probably, I think, to get to the base, it took us a little over an hour mm-hmm. to actually start. Yep. climbing up the, the ridge. Um, so just to cover through the flats, it took us about an hour to cover the flat. Um, just zigzagging, or zigzagging through the cactus, um, trying to get up there, and it was, once again, it just it, you just can't walk in a straight line. So we're having to work our way through, you know, through some of the washes, and through and around some of the cactuses, and finally got to the slope, and I think it took us another hour to climb like up towards the top to where we we can actually see the cliffs again so slow going i mean everything is just loose um we're we're hiking with trekking poles and we're trying to get up there and i mean we thank god we had those trekking poles because you you really needed that support to to kind of pull yourself up that slope because you'd step and after all the rain that we had had a couple days ago the ground just seemed loose and then with the gravel it i mean you would step and everything would just slide from underneath you yep um, For sure. You are taking three or four steps, and then you're
0: stopping. Taking yep. a little break, and then you're kind of planning your route again. Yep. And, you know, to traverse that, oh, man, 200 <laughs> yards going up
1: like that is just so slow. Yeah. Yeah, it was such, you know, such a hassle just to try to get up there because yeah. there, there was no easy route. Um, that was actually probably the clearest route that we had. But it was still difficult because, I mean, there were still a lot of yuccas and cactus and, um, you know, mesquite going up that mountain. Mm-hmm. So you, you still can walk in straight lines. So you're, you're zigzagging up there, and um, you're just getting your legs kind of blown out because you're, you're pressing. Oh, yeah. and You know, you're trying to climb up, but your your feet are slipping, and, and it just took a while to get up there. And once we got near the top, I don't know, 25,
0: 30 yards from the where we could finally, like, crest over the first little roll... Uh, or the ridge at that point we would be somewhat exposed yeah Yeah. and you wanted to go slow uh, so that we weren't moving a ton yeah and also trying to be quiet
1: which is doing our best yeah yeah. um yeah my big thing was that it had now been probably i mean almost two hours since we'd last seen these sheep Mm -hmm. and just based off of how we had watched them the day before um i mean they would tuck behind the 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 corner of the cliff and then after an hour or hour and a half they would come back out and you know meander around and feed and i didn't want us to to creep over and be within you know definitely within we were under a thousand yards at that point and just from our previous experience that's i mean that's nothing for these animals to yeah, see Yeah, they would
0: have spot us and they were so cracked out to begin with that yeah so
1: I just wanted to be overly cautious so i was like all right well let's let's work up here slowly as soon as we can see the cliffs i'll stop and i'll glass and then we'll keep working mm-hmm. and just take it slow because we had i mean we had all day it was still by that time it was about eleven thirty or noon um right around actually it was probably a little afternoon mm-hmm. um and we were just working our way up and got to the first point where i can see where we had last seen both groups of sheep um glassed it and i couldn't see in them so uh decided just to keep moving and we ended up getting to the point to where we were almost all the way up like on the flats we'd gotten to the ridge where we can see the entire you know cliff um all the bands and we can basically see everything that we could from the bottom um and i had stopped on, i can remember stopping on a rock and uh, glassing back towards the lower group of sheep and there was a, a solo sheep that was on a band like the lowest band on the cliffs and that got me. I can remember that getting me excited because I was like, "Oh man, this is like."
0: Yeah, we're very close to being within range. Yeah, at that point and it was a good, you know, a good shot opportunity at that point.
1: Yeah, at that point he wasn't very far. Um, I mean, he was. I mean, he was a few hundred yards away, uh, pretty close to the distance of that that first shot, mm-hmm. the first day. But I was like, "No, let's let's get closer. Let's make sure we have a." a a solid opportunity at this at this sheep and uh i'm watching him and i can remember he's moving at a good clip um i i say he because it looked like a small ram um especially with him being by himself uh but there were, he was moving to the south and it seemed like he was trying to meet up with the other groups um because he he wasn't he wasn't hanging around very very shortly i mean he was he was definitely. He had something in mind, and he was gonna get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we're watching him, and we're probably like 500 yards from where we wanted to be to look up for at the upper group of sheep. Yeah, because that was the first that was our first play. Like when we went up there, we were gonna go to that cut, like the the guy, like the local guy had told us, we we're gonna go up to that cut take a look see if we can glass up from the bottom and if we can get a three or four hundred yard shot from the bottom we're gonna I mean we're gonna take it and then plan our, yeah. our retrieval it's, it
0: definitely seemed like the plan was all coming together
1: at yeah this point. it was going great um, you know we'd seen that solo sheep, but our goal was still to get to that to that cut yep and uh, the cut is just a little off to our south so when we're looking at the closest to our right and, and uh, we're watching the sheep and then sure enough
0: the wor- worst sound in the world at oh that time. Oh my point. God, it was and devastating. Probably the most unexpected sound. Like I It had, caught us completely off yeah, guard, yeah. I would never have guessed to hear that <laughs> up like, mm. there. That, <laughs> yeah. that, that shot cracked off, and we knew exactly where it came from, who it was, Yeah. who it was. And they were doing the same thing. They had the same exact thing we plan wanted that we to do, do. Yep. and they beat us there by. 15 minutes yep. 20 minutes
1: yeah at most and it was it was, it had to have been you know the group that we'd seen that morning that was you yep. know a little ahead of us on the road yep. the
0: lady in the camo sweater yep. and the, had, the guy that was with her they had figured it out before we did
1: or they had made their approach before, before we did yeah they had decided on their plan while we were him and Han at the bottom yeah and they had just dove right up that canyon beat us by yeah it wasn't very very long about 15-20 minutes um, and we would have been where they were and, uh, yeah, they popped off a shot and, you know, one solo shot. And I, we never ran into him, so I'm not sure how it went. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember seeing him leave later on, um, several hours later. So I'm pretty sure he, I'm pretty sure they had knocked one down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they just beat us to it. I mean, that's, I mean, that's the name of the game, Public Land, OTC Honey. Yep. Um, I mean, kudos to them. They, they beat us fair and square. They got to that cut and, uh, in all honesty,
0: how, like, how much of an emotional swing? Oh, did you I was go devastated because <laughs> I was like, my, like we finally have a
1: solid play. Like we have two, yeah. two groups, um, and knowing that that shot had just rang out, I, I mean, I was fairly confident that the, the lower group was was no longer going to work that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you fire a shot in those rocks, I mean, everything just echoes. It's not like it's quiet. Um, it wasn't muffled at all and I'm, and that sheep that we were watching that lone sheep he ended up kind of freaking out because he was almost confused as to what to do now um, he kind of he continued to run a little towards where the shot was and then it was almost like you can see his shot progressing he was like no maybe I shouldn't do that and he turned around headed back north and then he kind of came back south it was like I said you can see the, you can almost see the confusion like yeah. what, what am I supposed to do now um, I wonder if to the south
0: was what their typical escape route is into that canyon yeah yeah. and and they can get up they can move horizontally or vertically at that point yeah but he's like he knows that's where the shot came from right now what do i do exactly
1: it was interesting to watch because he was like oh my god like i don't don't know what to do he
0: was just back and forth three or four times no
1: real clear plan of what to yeah and he had ended up uh we watched him and he he ended up just deciding to go north So he he went north and he ended up going around the edge of the cliffs and disappeared. And it was at that point where I kind of looked at you. I was like, "This is our only play. Like this is this is it. Like, you know, we we can still make something happen." Um, He's in a spot where we can get to. He's like, "I'm pretty sure if I can get a shot, we can retrieve him." Um, Like (laughs) this is this is now like our our only like legit play. I haven't seen we hadn't seen the sheep up top or uh or the the band that was lower down. Mm Um, and that group that was lower down, our, our reliance was for them to move anyway, because that's what we had waited on the day before. So even if we would have saw them, they were still in a spot that we couldn't have you know, retrieved a sheep yeah, from. It was just
0: pretty much dumb luck that this one single lone sheep had met it where it did. Yeah. And now it was, well, now it was up and had actually moved around the corner, which gave us
1: uh, the ability to move and not get spotted. Exactly. So we kind of picked up our stuff i mean i had not that we had taken you know our packs or anything off but grabbed our trekking poles and just hightailed it basically as fast as we could yeah um I and mean, that's a
0: very relative term
1: yeah <laughs> yeah we didn't run because i mean i'm pretty sure i would have blown out a lung yeah lung if we tried you to and run me both because um, we were pretty tired from climbing up there anyway so we had to cover probably another what 200 300 yeah, i was gonna say quarter mile yeah got up there um, got to a big boulder, and I I got to a spot to where where he would pop out was within my range um, if he continued north. And that's kind of where I expected him to come. He was gonna, I, I expected him to pop out to the north, uh, basically in the, in the same line of cliffs. And I was setting up for a shot right there. I mean, I laid out my pack on the boulder, um, threw down the rifle, got everything ready, um, pulled out the range finder, started getting ranges from all the different cliffs. Mm-hmm and then pulled up the binos and sure enough he'd actually headed back south and he came back around the corner um which was a much closer shot too so i was i was pretty happy about it um and ranging him he was i mean he was very much in in my comfortable range um yeah i I get the sense that most guys would shoot elk
0: and deer at this range yeah it's a very yeah yeah like it it was a very
1: doable range yeah so uh range them, we get everything set up um, kind of like we did you know, the, the second day with that, that you know, that first shot mm-hmm. I go, I, I look at my, my dope chart, I range them I, I make the proper calculations this time I'm, I'm, I was confident in it um, Calm down got, you know, got my natural point of aim, felt comfortable and cracked off a shot and uh, couldn't tell where it hit um, you know, the rifle kicked up it didn't sound the same as the you know the first shot. I didn't It didn't sound like I had just smacked a boulder. Um, so I didn't know exactly. I was like, ah, I, don't, I don't know where I hit him. Um, and you couldn't see him anymore. And I couldn't see him anymore. So I didn't know if I had dropped him or what had happened. Um, so I, I ended up putting the rifle down. Um, I, I remember re-racking it and put the rifle, you know, laid the rifle on my pack and picking up the binos. And uh, Do you think that maybe you'd...
0: you'd- just dumped him and then he rolled off the cliff and now he's no longer visible yeah
1: because we couldn't see him for it seemed like a minute or two like he had disappeared for a little while and i was like man i can't see him i was like and i I remember asking was like did you see him fall because i the shot felt good i mean once again it, Mm -hmm. it, it broke clean and and uh you know looking back at the footage we pulled up the footage like the 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 shot was crisp. It it caught me by surprise. Like there was no jerking of the trigger. Like everything was clean.
0: So we had two cameras running. One was a long lens on the sheep, and the other one I was just hand holding on you. Yeah. And so you could, through that camera that I was hand holding, you could see your demeanor and your shot progression, and and you see that gun kick back. And I mean, no flinching, no jerking. it 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 felt good. Like (laughs) if you were going to show someone a video on how like a shot progression should go off. I mean that I, I would definitely use that as a highlight.
1: Yeah, it like I, it, it felt good. I mean, I felt confident in the shot. I had killed my buck, like my my Colorado deer, basically the same distance this year. Mm-hmm. I felt very, I felt very confident, and uh, with the same rifle, the same setup, and uh, couldn't tell where it hit. And I was like, man, I don't know where he's at. And I mean, with like like I said, with my Colorado buck this year, I didn't see it fall or anything. I I high shoulder shot him like I was trying to do on the sheep um and that buck dropped in his tracks and you know i didn't see him drop but i had a friend you know spotting for me and and saw it all happen um so that's kind of what i expected with this sheep i was like man it's like he must have dropped and i don't know you know by the time i pulled the binos up or the scope back up i I couldn't see him anymore um but after a couple minutes i'm glassing there with the binos i see him walk back out and he (laughs) he looks perfectly fine yeah and i'm like it kind of caught me off guard i was like what in the world um so we watched him, and he ended up working a little closer. Um, he probably was about 40, I mean, yeah, around 40 yards closer. And uh, knowing that, I I lowered my turret. I only lowered it one, and it's in mil radians, so I, I lowered one mil, or 0.1 mil. Um, so it didn't make that big of an elevation change, but I thought, I didn't think it was going to make that big of a difference, so I uh, I dialed it ranged him again because i saw it was like i said it was about 30 40 i yeah about that 30 40 yards closer Mm -hmm. um held again everything felt stable i didn't i mean i didn't rush the shot and once again shot in that time i was able to actually see my impact and it was high right um it looked like it had gone right over his back like right over his tail and and almost a body length to the right Mm -hmm. um and again, the shot, I was even calmer for this shot. Like, it was, it, after everything, I, I mean, it felt it felt good. Um, and then that was kind of, he took off around the band, and and I was kind of expecting him to pop out again. Um, but then a cartridge got stuck in my... Yeah, you tried to rack another I round. I tried to rack and... another round, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't uh, release the cartridge. So my extractor on my bolt um, wouldn't latch onto the spent round and we couldn't like i was we were searching around for something long enough and skinny enough to get down in there to pop it out um because i couldn't grab it with pliers i couldn't grab it you know i couldn't get a knife in there to to pull it out and uh you know we just couldn't pull anything out And Mm -hmm. so that cartridge i mean that day basically ended with with that cartridge it stuck in that rifle um and that sheep getting away. I mean, after that, I didn't even see where that sheep went. I'm sure he kind of circled around or, or made around, but I was so focused on trying to get that, that cartridge out of the rifle. I mean, that was kind of our, our, were right there. At that point. yeah, couldn't pull it out. And that was, that was basically the end of how, it. How, uh, how frustrated were you with that, uh, that cartridge getting stuck? Oh, that? I was, oh, <laughs> I was furious because I was, first off, I was already upset about the fact that I had just missed twice. Um, at you know a really really good opportunity to to Mm -hmm. knock down a sheep um i mean a very doable distance i was i was very comfortable um so i was pretty upset and of course um i i initially thought it was me i was like did i did i pull the trigger did i do something Mm -hmm. like what what am i doing wrong and it's it's obviously it's consistent because the three shots that i had taken on this hunt basically were the you know the same thing yeah um I was like, what What am I doing wrong that's causing like causing this outcome, basically? Um, and I remember you saying
0: after taking that second shot, you, you said, I, I need to check my zero. Yeah. Like, I need to grab some more rounds. I need to figure out what my zero is. Otherwise, you're just going to have the same result. And you can't even check your zero. Yeah. Because you check can't my get zero. it. I mean,
1: so we like we're the at- ultimate frustration of being able to do nothing about it. Yeah yeah because we were out there um we were still on the base of the cliffs and if i could have found something to pull uh, Mm that cartridge out i mean we still had that upper band of sheep um well not the upper band but the the ones above that lone sheep that i just shot at um or we we even like hook around that point and try
0: to find that find that, find that lone sheep again i just got the sense that we weren't Really out of it,
1: like there's still, no, a, there, chance there's still had, a chance. We had plenty of time. Yeah, there wasn't really they, anywhere for him to to take off. We had all day still, um but I couldn't even confirm my zero because yep. I couldn't pull the cartridge out yep. of the rifle. So I very well could have, you know, if if I w- would have been able to to expend that round, you know, check my zero if my left and right was off, I could have fired a shot, you know, dialed it back in where I'm, you know, hitting at the given distance, and then I mean. We could have gone and rock and rolled and and taken sure. you know, done what we could, but I couldn't even do that. Mm-hmm. So, so that, how
0: many? Maybe just go down this rabbit trail for a little bit. How many rounds did you bring with on each of the the times we went into the
1: field? Um, I, I I typically take a full box, so I had, I had um, after expending three rounds, I had seventeen more rounds okay. in my pack. So I, which
0: I don't, I mean, that's definitely something I never thought of doing this. And this, and these are trips where we're just going on day hikes, Yeah, right? right? But even on a trip where you backpack in or you're there for five or six days and you're not near the truck, just having the ability to have enough cartridges to check, recheck zero if yeah. you fall or something that, happens is yeah, that's something I never I, thought about.
1: Yeah. I, 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 try to bring a little extra rounds for something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, just so, you know, God forbids, you knock your rifle off or something happens and you need to check your confidence or you need to, you know, check your impact, you have at least a few rounds to do that. You may not be able to to get it perfect because you don't have a, a ton of rounds, but you can at least get it to the point where you know where you're hitting. Yep. Um, so I very well could have done that if, if I could have got that round out. But, yeah, so, so both shots on that one were, they were definitely about two feet right pretty consistent because we pulled them both up uh, on the footage and when you look at them uh, one shot was when the sheep was facing to the right um, I tucked it you know not right behind the shoulder but I put it tried to hold, high shoulder shot it and uh, it hit like it looked like it hit right in front of it about a foot in front of it um, so it was once again like two feet to the right when he came back out, um i i should have adjusted my my turret my elevation turret maybe another click or two lower um and my elevation would have been spot on um because it looked like that one once again was about two feet right and it went right over basically right over the, the spine yeah as far as the level tour if i would have made that little extra uh, adjustment on my elevation i would have hit exactly where i was aiming that that high shoulder shot um but yeah again two feet to the right and then when we looked at the original shot that happened two days prior um of course my elevation was off but once again it was way to the right mm-hmm. um so there's one consistent is that that i mean it's definitely shooting pretty far off to the right um and that's one thing that you know when i get back i'll, I'll have to pull it up and and confirm exactly where it's hitting. Um, but, it, it, I mean, it's fairly consistent that it, it is definitely hitting to the right. Um, Height-wise, I'll have to verify that to you, but um, the height definitely could have been, could have, you know, the first shot, the height looked perfect on that sheep. Uh, on the, you know, the sheep that we had two shots on, the height looked, mm-hmm. the height looked great. It looked like it was going to hit where it wanted to, but it was just straight right. So I can see why the second shot on that sheep would be a little high um just due to the fact that i didn't adjust as much as i probably should have as far as my elevation um, but it, once again straight off to the right um, and in the heat of the moment like i said i i should have adjusted a little more um and that it would have higher like i say would have been good again but um yeah i'll, I'll really need to to figure out I, i'm really curious as to how far right it's shooting mm-hmm. um, i'll take it out to 100 and see you know how it's zeroed and that's ultimately i mean whether my rifle was knocked off or not or or whatever that's something that i could have confirmed you know
0: when we got there i was just gonna ask you know given hindsight being twenty twenty, what would
1: you have done differently yeah i mean you, you always hear people like oh whenever you travel you make these long trips and, and whatnot you know check your yeah. zero when you get there and of course, me. I mean, I had shot that rifle a couple of weeks ahead, uh, you know, before the hunt, and and I had kept it basically in its case the whole time, you mm-hmm. know, in my in my house. I was like, eh, I'm good. Like this rifle is going to be solid. Like I I shouldn't have a problem at all with it. Um, and just that overconfidence of like, no, nah, that's not going to happen to me. Um, well, it, it it definitely happened. Um, so hindsight being 2020, I mean, it would have been no problem for me to be. You know at camp to go out into the desert and very easily set up a target at 100 yards to confirm it and a lot of these problems would have been alleviated and we probably would have left with a sheep on our back because that especially that first shot it would have been money and it would have been i mean we would have we would have been hiking off with a with a sheep on our backs and i think
0: where we had set up you know on the bottom there's plenty of spots to easily shoot and like we figured out now there's lots of time there yeah we had to, I mean, I mean, so whether or not you you're doing it with archery equipment or you're doing it with a rifle i think that's right. a big lesson that i learned from you is take that time you know take 15 20 minutes maybe even every morning yeah and just let a couple rounds go and just verify yeah. it and yeah
1: because you call you know you're you're covering all this distance and mm-hmm. i mean there were several times where i slipped and you know you kind of fall back and my rifle stopped in my pack and um, I didn't feel like I'd hit anything hard enough to really, you know, cause yeah, anything. I could
0: never think of an instance where it looked like. Yeah, oh, like I hit oh it hard. Boy, you should really check that one. I like right. it's never even coming out of your pack for the most part. No, so. no, it's
1: sitting there. And um, could the turret have moved? I mean, I didn't. It looked like it was in the same position. So, okay. I mean, I'm not sure exactly what happened. I mean, but yeah, that's something that. I mean, I would definitely recommend is whenever you get back or you get to camp wherever you're going, um, at least pull it out for, you know, a shot or two a day. and yep. if, if it's feasible to, you know, verify your zero and make sure that you're spot on so that at the heat of the moment you can, you know, make a well-placed shot. Um, you know, it was the type of situation where I was like, well, that's, I mean... I don't think that's going to be a problem because, you know, the rifle... I always keep my rifle and my bow in the cab of the truck. I don't put it in the truck bed so it doesn't get banged around. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I kind of baby my weapons um, for that reason, you know, especially, you know, my bow and my rifle. I don't, you know, I don't like to put them in situations. I don't beat up my gear because I don't want to have to worry about stuff like that. Um, But obviously it can happen and you never know when it might happen. Sure. So yeah that's that's something that i definitely could have prevented i i could have verified my zero um you know probably that first morning or you know we had that that first day we were getting rained out i very easily you know yeah. on a, in a break yeah. in the rain i could have set out a target at 100 yards and, and verified it but it i mean the thought never really crossed my mind um you know i i thought that i was solid i was good to go mm-hmm. um like i said i'd killed my deer at that range earlier in the year i I mean, I practiced much farther than that distance and it just <laughs> didn't work out. Um, so it, it definitely makes you take a step back and and think about how you could have done something better and how you can make yourself better. Oh, for sure. Um, especially, you know, confirming your equipment. Um, you can, I mean, you can be the best shooter, shooter in the world, but if you if you don't verify your equipment and you verify that your stuff is spot yeah. on, I mean, you're only as good as, you know, your weakest link and, and it definitely seemed like my rifle was was shooting pretty far off to the right mm-hmm. um and I, I could have very well have confirmed that before you know taking a shot at a at a sheep and like i said it's not like something that i it's not like a rifle that's been sitting around for a year um or sitting in the case i i mean i use that rifle a lot i shoot it you know once or twice a month it had been about a month since the last time i had shot it when we came out on this hunt and I mean, I hadn't had any problems with it, so I had confidence in it. But something happened between the last sure time did. I shot it and now. And, I mean, that's that kind of how it plays out sometimes. That was the big takeaway
0: that I got out of this was to, you know, confirm your accuracy. Yeah. Um, maybe even daily. And I'm super bummed that you missed the sheep. <laughs> like, I, man, I was so excited. Like, I just thought it was going to happen. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, realistically, me those are the lessons that hit hardest. And our most prominent. I think both of us are going to walk away from this, having that that daily routine of checking your equipment, if possible, kind of ingrained. I mean, this definitely hammered home that point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it makes you better. And thankfully, I mean, we walked away and things could have been worse. I mean, with it being that far to the right, if, you know, if something, you know, it very easily could have could have wounded an animal yep so thankfully you know we walked out of there nothing you know no sheep mm-hmm. were were injured in the making of this podcast so it was definitely you know, not we got out of there and and like i said luckily we didn't have to chase a sheep or you know around these bluffs or you know that the would, whole country with that would know, be brutal yeah to, have so, to track a so it could have been a lot roof. worse thankfully i mean yeah we we got out of there Fairly easily with, you know, with the type of mistake and, and the fact that, you know, I didn't verify that zero, you know, once we got at camp. So mm-hmm. um, that's that's definitely a big takeaway that that, yeah. that I'll be doing now. Every time I go out to a camp or or as soon as I'm done traveling, I'll go out and I'll verify my zero and, and make sure that it's solid, you know, right before the hunt or, or right there at camp whenever I can, and you know do what you can to make sure that you're in the best position to, to capitalize on the opportunities that you have. Cause right. I mean, right. it's a hard hunt, especially this hunt. We, you know, we, we kind of, we ran down there. We had, we really only had three days to hunt after getting rained out the, the first day.
0: Yeah, it definitely felt more like a bonsai trip
1: yeah. than I was anticipating. Yeah. I mean, it was running and gunning. I mean, we got on sheep, we made it, you know, we got opportunities. We worked hard for them. Um, we put in a lot of effort to find the sheep and mm-hmm. to get on them and, and we, we we made our we made our own luck basically yeah we had a couple lucky breaks as far as the sheep coming in but we put ourselves in those positions to to capitalize on them to be out there and to, to be able to have these opportunities and it just didn't didn't quite right. work out
0: I think for guys and girls that are interested in, in learning more about this exploring the, this type of hunt uh, a couple takeaways that I had was five six days of hunting not exclu- you know, not including travel, five, six days of hunting is probably a good idea. Like, yeah. book that amount of time because you are going to have days that you're just not being all that productive in the sense of, you know, making, up, making plays or having opportunities. Those days are going to be relocating and finding sheep in general. Yeah. Uh, probably the best glass you can afford and then maybe some on top of that yeah. is going to be huge. It's going to make your life so much more comfortable and it's going to make your success go up from what from what i've seen
1: yeah and then i mean and big glass yep whatever you i mean everybody has their own you know values and as far as your you know your level of income that you can afford and and if you can afford you know some great big glass then do it um, because it'll definitely make finding these sheep a lot easier if you can't and all you can afford is you know some lower end glass i mean you got to do what's you know with what yeah. you can do
0: I, I would even say something like this is it, if you're not gonna do it every year you just want to come down here and try it just one time like i've got 10 by 40s those are my staple binoculars that i run uh man i'm looking to borrow or rent or yeah, make yeah. a trade for a pair of 18 binoculars or you know uh, an 85 spotting scope something like that i mean I, I just don't see you doing this hunt with 10s or 12s it's not an option No,
1: you, to be yeah. successful it'd be it'd be very difficult i mean if nothing else you'll just you'll be handicapped yeah. um, a lot of the the areas you'll be glassing from you know around two to three miles away and and you just can't really see any details when you're glassing through 10s or 11s or even 12s from that distance. Um, you really do need some 15s. You need, you know, maybe some 18s, a spotter, whatever you can. Even if, you know, you take your 10s, which the 10s, if you're, you know, if you're up in that country, the 10s will work fine. But if you're farther away glassing them from the bottom or from the top and you're trying to look into this country, you definitely yeah. need some big glass. Whether, yeah. You, yeah. Like Garrett said, if you need to borrow a spotter, do what you can. Um, You know, try to find one, even if it's not, I mean, even if it's not a high-end spotter, you know, something's better than nothing. Um, I wouldn't say to go buy a a cheap spotter because you're just going to be, you know, there's a good chance that you're going to end up replacing it. But if you can borrow one, find somebody that has one and and borrow it just to take it out. um, That would definitely be in your favor because you'll be able to cover and see a lot more country with that that glass and you'll save your legs and you'll save your body a a beating if you can if you can cover that country with the with your eyes instead of your legs
0: this has been such an an eye-opening experience like i'm so glad that you were able to to book this hunt uh, that you had some knowledge and experience if both of us were going in blind that'd be a totally different outcome (laughs) i think so i probably would definitely appreciate the fact that you've been down here and you were willing to uh, to let me to kind of hang hang with you tag along document it uh, I don't, I'm not sure what we're gonna do with all the video from all this, I wanna put it out there to the masses and just kind of let everyone um, have an insight into what this looks like. It, right. it, it, it is very cool. I would highly recommend, uh, at least once, give something like this a try. Um, it's, it's a great adventure to go on. It's beautiful country, it's amazing animals, and it's
1: something that's very unique. You don't see this really anywhere else. Yep. Yeah, I mean, and you'll get a real sense of, you know, a real taste of New Mexico. You'll go down, um, you know, enjoy the scenery, enjoy, um, you know, the terrain and the environment. Um, the food is phenomenal. Um, you'll get you some real, real Mexican food. Oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, just enjoy it. It's, it's a great experience. You'll go down there and you'll get to see something that, you know, not a lot of, not a lot of other states can offer. Um, and it, it really is, it's an adventure hunt. Um, I mean I think a sheep tag is the pinnacle of a lot of hunters dreams um, drawing that, that bighorn tag or something like that and, and this may not be a bighorn but you're definitely going to get that sheep hunt type of feel mm-hmm. um, you're going to get to experience what a real sheep hunt is You I get would up think there this and,
0: would be a, a great precursor yeah. to a bighorn or if you're going to go to Alaska or Canada you know hunt for doll or stone or something like this uh, this would be a great way to to train your body, your mind, yeah. to get into that for sure.
1: Yeah, it'll definitely, I mean, it'll prepare your body, your legs. Um, I mean, you're, you're just, you're hunting skills. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it really does push you to your limits. It's it's not easy. Um, there's guys that knock down these things with bows Um, that are, I mean, they're just animals. And if you've got the time, if you can break off a week or two, um, it's definitely doable if you want a really, like, a good challenge Mm -hmm. hunting hunting barberry in this this terrain with a bow is is something to
0: and it and it doesn't cost like a typical sheep hunt no (laughs) right no it's very doable the non-resident tag is
1: 400 something 450 um it was 360 so but i had already had my my game hunting license i got you yeah um so yeah it's probably around 400 yeah um and then gas for you know wherever you're coming from yep but bring um, a
0: camper, a tent, an RV—you know, yeah, something whatever like that. You got. So you can do it for for very inexpensive yeah. compared to most. Especially cheap, if you,
1: cheap you ones. know, you split gas with you know a partner or two. Because I, I wouldn't recommend doing this by yourself. It's doable. Like, don't get me wrong—you can definitely do it by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have a partner that can help you glass, and help you cover this country and keep an eye on them for you yeah. whenever you're making a move,
0: or even. 3 or 4 guys. Yeah, guys, I think would be a great. Oh, well, that would great be of guys. Yeah, even better.
1: I mean, more eyes the better cuz you can you can really cover a lot of country and you can really pick it apart cuz these I mean, they're not easy to spot. Um they're they're, they're really hard to glass up and mm-hmm. and if you can cover that country and if you can have extra eyes out there, I mean, it'll it'll just make it a lot easier to, to find sheep and get on them. Um, but yeah, say, I mean, if you split gas between 3 or 4 guys, it's a very very doable hunt and you'll have a great adventure you'll have a good time um depending on the time of year, you can hunt them year round so depending on the time of year you want to yeah. go yeah you can kind of choose the you know the terrain or no well, yeah at the terrain there's different types of terrains you can hunt them but the temperature um and you know how hard you want to make it because you can come in december january um you know the temps are going to be in the 50s 60s which you know most of the other you know those northern states are going to be you know below freezing at that time right you can go down to new mexico and and enjoy the Uh, weather
0: coming from my home state of wisconsin or anywhere in the east coast or you know the upper midwest this weather would be phenomenal it'd be such a welcome break and you get to go hunt at the same time
1: yeah and it's like i said there's so much to do down there i mean there's a lot of unique features to southern new mexico um you can just go and enjoy it i mean i know i'm a little biased just being from there but just slightly <laughs> yeah I, I love the area i'm proud of you know where i came from you, you same thing you talked to trev you know you know that guy's super proud of coming from southern new mexico yep um i think it just kind of runs in our blood and uh you know there's a there's a lot that it has to offer and uh it's kind of funny because new mexico kind of takes the back seat to a lot of the other western states um but it has a lot to offer as far as uh things that other states don't offer like you know like the Barbary and the ibex and oryx um so it's it's definitely something to look at if if you want an adventure um if and if you want to hunt that's a little different so it's, I it's totally, very
0: doable totally agree with that yeah
1: very doable very fun and you're you're definitely going to have an adventure
0: well i appreciate you letting me tag with kind of run camera, stick a camera in your yeah, face. I'm glad he can be there, otherwise I'd be by uh, myself. <laughs> when you're frustrated and probably not real happy at the world, you know, you you let me just kind of sit there with a the camera in your face. Right, I, right. I,
1: I'm just glad I ain't too frustrated. I appreciate
0: that and all your expertise. <laughs> this, I really hope, I don't plan on this being the last time uh, I go for Barbary Sheep. Like, yeah. I'd love to go with you and do this again and have another crack at it. Uh, this was a great time. I de- definitely enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you can tag along. And yeah, it's it's definitely something that I want to go and and basically get a little redemption on. So that's oh, something that I'll be sure. I'll be planning on for sure pretty soon. So um, if not this year, then early next year, I'll be I'll be cracking back down there and I'll I'll get my revenge. So
0: <laughs> I agree. I, I hope to join you with it. It'd be a fun one. Uh, well, that's it. Let's let's end this one um, barbary sheep hunt 2020 is in the books um, definitely looking forward to the 2021 hunt yeah
1: yeah sure. yep. we'll uh, catch up with you guys uh for round two hopefully here pretty soon cool see you later <laughs> bye